This is a HeadGum Podcast. I mean, it's spring. It is spring. Well, it's still kind of cold, though. It's just bright. Supposed to snow tomorrow. We're recording this on Easter Sunday. Yeah! Easter Sunday. That's some positive juices. You know, Barack Obama was president once. <laughs> Guys, uh, uh, we're, we're struggling oh, to find. It's uh, getting uh, starting to get sad. It's starting <laughs> to get sad. <laughs> I find, we're struggling to find a cold open because the movie we're doing. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to be that. I didn't think watching it was going to be this topical. Low key. I thought, because I, thought, I hadn't watched it since I was younger, I didn't realize. I was like, oh, would it be about. Because, you know, they had the March for Our Lives recently, mm-hmm. which is what inspired me to pick this movie. Mm-hmm. But the movie. Wasn't just about gun violence; it was about way more, and it caught me off guard because I was like, "Oh, oh no!" If you release this movie today, not one person would say, not one person would think, "Is this a nope. dated movie?" Yeah, it's it. Everything is relevant, and the movie came out in 1995. And there's so many different topics. Like, there's so many different yeah. issues that it talks about, and all, not, every single one of them is relevant. In oh. fact, the only thing—I mean, spoiler, because we're going to talk about this whole movie—the only thing that felt unreal was uh how little people died at the end of the movie yes yes <laughs> because because you know what? i was like oh this was a good this was a good one let me say only cra- two let me say only two fatalities yeah because but i will say is, is what makes it different and it's sad about it is that the gun would be different right the gun the gun would be different yeah in a weird way it was pro uh oh. it was pro gun control Guys, I just want to say <laughs> I'm happy that we're doing this movie, but I'm also very sad, and I feel like I owe you two an apology. Like I don't, because it's no, like no, I don't no. want it. I, like we're doing, we're recording again on Easter Sunday, and the movie's too. Oh, should we just guns in schools? I mean, you know. And then it's so crazy because they have security. James has James ain't saying that. James is just, James is broken. James is just broken somewhere. James, you all right, brother? Yeah, I mean, I mean. What? What? Why? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just, there, there are ways in which this movie is exactly what's happening right now that I don't even think the movie realizes. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm so sorry. I, I like watching. Honestly, when the first scenario happened to the girl, I was like, "This is, this is crazy." Like, this is 1995, mm-hmm. and the thing is. I'm pretty sure if you put this movie out in 1985, it would be the same thing. It's like, this is, we're just on some loop. We're literally on a loop now. On a time loop. This is crazy. Oh, snap. Well, what if we are on a time loop? Then we're just, everything, like, we're just. (laughs) Well, we're in a computer simulation. Like, that's true. I mean, we're in the, I mean, we're in the Matrix for sure. That's just like a real thing about the world. Oh, is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Why? We're in a computer simulation. And there are just all sorts of things that, you know, the program is running. You know, the program is running, and then we get a, we get an update every now and again with new features. But it's all the same shit. It's all the same shit, just packaged. The packaging just looks a little different each time. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys, I don't even. Should we? <laughs> I guess. He, where she, did you learn that from? Where did oh. I learn that we were in a computer simulation from? The Matrix with also starring Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> no, no, that's you know that's just like a theory. That's just like a theory about right today. That's like a just sort of like a common theory. 
that you you of got the theory you, of the theories that we all have, you know, right, that's right. just one of them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I I definitely, I don't even care about this transition, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't even care about it. I'm, de- I'm, I'm depressed. I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. I'm depressed. I don't think. I don't think there's any higher learning to happen. That didn't work. <laughs> that wasn't a good one. No, I know. <laughs> you just this is just sad now. That's uh, okay. Nick, start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Wait, I'm nervous because when I do Hollywood City, I don't know the sound effect James is going to do, and I, I'm scared. Oh, I'm uh, not going to do one. Okay. I've already received All right, cool. Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood City. All right, he's not Just doing out it. of respect. you know. Honestly, yeah, I, love silence. Silence the I love that silence. I love that silence. I love that silence. I could have said, uh, no, don't do this. <laughs> Don't do this. Are you trying to don't figure out what you're trying to do? Don't do this. Don't do this. No. Said, don't I'm do so this. depressed. I just want to get high or learning. No. 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 No, John. How is that? No. <laughs> no. I like I like the one that you did though, because the one that you did, like, it is the lesson of the movie, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh no. Um Okay, for those of you who never listened to our podcast before, why? Again, why are you listening to? Why is this the first one? Go, go back and listen to a happier episode now. Go listen to Black Panther. I know, right? Listen to everything. Listen to a happy one. Go listen, listen to Black Panther. Yeah, listen to Black Panther before you listen to this. Come on, don't do this to yourself. Uh. For all those no, jobs. okay. Have the wake up call. Have the wake up call. This is the world. This is the world. This is the world we in. Uh, we review films of leading black actors. We talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. And today we are reviewing the 1995 John Singleton film Higher Learning, starring Omar Epps, Tyra Banks, Tyra Banks, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in this. Ice Cube, of course, we also have Jennifer Connelly, we have Michael Rappaport. Yeah. And what was the woman? The, the um, uh, Jennifer Connelly, did you say Jennifer Connelly already? Yeah, I did. Wait, I got it up. Uh, Kristen, uh, what was her name? Uh, uh, wait, Kirsten. her name is right here. Um, Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson. Her character's name is Kristen Connor. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this film, kind of it, well you know it takes place on a college campus a fictional college called columbia university it follows the lives of four freshmen or three freshmen i guess technically uh you have omar epps malik williams who's a track star he you know who starts to become kind of yeah because uh, he just he, he hates the fact that he has to run track in order for him to go to college yeah he just wants to be able to learn and not have to worry about like track. Cause basically he has that thing where, you know, the people tell you, you gotta do, you gotta work twice as hard. And that's kind of what 
Alonzo Clifford said to him at one point, he's mm-hmm. like, "How? Like, what are you gonna do if someone's better than you? You gotta go harder." What's great about it is he doesn't tell him to do it. He lets him come to that decision on his own, which is, I think, the best way to do that lesson. Yeah, yeah. You also have uh, uh, Christy Swanson playing Kristen, who she is just you know a Orange County girl mm-hmm. who. Is actually running out of money because her parents, her dad lost her job. Her dad lost her job, but she's just trying to enjoy the sorority frat boy life. But then uh, she gets date raped, and that kind of obviously (laughs) messes her up, changes the course of her direction. So she kind of uh, just is trying to overcome that or reconcile with that throughout the whole movie. And then you have Michael Rappaport's character, Remy. Who's just just this awkward dude has no friends and then gets involved with some skinheads. Yep. It, I mean, the thing that's so hard about it is I went to um uh uh a PWS um predom- predominantly white school or whatever. So what Omar Epps was going through, I I I bruh. Like I remember, like on I probably put this up on the podcast numerous times, but uh. Are we just going into the movie? Because I'm about to reference like the start, the top. I'm about to reference like the first scene. Oh, I mean, well, are you doing no thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, let me just say this movie made uh, not that much money. It made 38 million dollars in the box office. I couldn't find how much it cost to make. I don't know if anybody else saw that. No, I mean, I did. I tried to look it up. It couldn't have been that much because no one was big it in this have movie. Been that much, yeah, yeah. No I think one. Was Jennifer Connelly was first billed. Yeah, I think she was on. I think. Yeah, because at this point she had Labyrinth and like she kind of right. was like a kid actress. And I think um, uh, Christy Swanson, I, like her face looks familiar because she was Buffy. She was Buffy. She was Buffy. And I think Buffy had already come out too. Yeah. And what else do I need to say? Oh, the reviews are very mixed though. And like Rotten Tomatoes is like 49%. I think like, yeah. It, like people like it, but also the, there's problems in the movie which we can talk about too for sure but it also this movie sorry let me just pep up my voice this movie yeah, i know be happy please is about all of these different issues colliding on a college campus you have race you have sexual assault you have uh uh lgbtq rights kind of yeah kind um, of um and then of course you have just uh, the school shooting. <laughs> it's tough, man. So, yeah. All right. Initial thoughts. Here we go. I'll go first. Uh, this is my thing. Watching the movie again, like I, I suggested it because I was like, oh, this. I wanted to do something because you know we had to march for our lives and uh, march for our lives. And then again, I've been watching like the news a lot lately and just seeing how people keep treating these kids. Right. And like people are attacking these kids, and I, you know, and I come from the my family's from the south. So You're talking about the NRA, yeah, the NRA, and also Fox News has been attacking these kids, yo. Like, I mean, I, yeah, right, same, the NRA. Same, yeah, you're right, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so I just want to do something about. Uh, I was trying to figure out how we could talk about it in our wheelhouse, uh, and you know, this was the movie directed by you know, like by John Singleton, who was mad young when he did this, because I mean, he still was in his twenties. Right. This was only his. This was his third film. Yeah. He was still in his twenties. He, he wasn't even in late twenties yet. Mid twenties. Yeah. Because he was very young when he did Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Twenty two. Twenty three by the time it came out. And then Poetic Justice. Yeah. So he was like twenty five, twenty six, and this, so this was like twenty eight. Third film. So I guess he was late twenties. But 
um, the thing that was crazy about it is uh, it just felt so honest. It did, man. It felt so honest. Like the scene opened with Mike Epps and uh, Christy on the elevator, and she hold and she holds her purse just a little bit tight. I mean, that happened to me three days ago. Right. Like, I, like I'm not even joking. Right. Three days ago, I saw someone grip their purse. In Denver, being in college, and uh, I just remember little. And it's so crazy because when you see something like that, you. As a black person, to me, as a black man, I wonder, oh, maybe because I'm a dude, just, you don't know me. Maybe you're just like, oh, maybe you just happened to grab it at the time I looked. But then right. there's also that second thought of, oh, did you grab that because I can't? You know, it's like, is that you always are trying to figure out, is your mind playing racist tricks on you? Or is the world just doing stuff that you're right. trying to justify? Right. You know, it's like, oh, man, maybe this can't be racist as well. And I thought this movie did a good job of like, not only playing what the racial aspect of it is, but also what women go through in college. And mm. also, Michael Rappaport's character, like, to me, I understand what he ended up becoming, but I, I, I've, seen, I've seen that guy in college. I've seen that guy right. in high school. Like after, like, after Columbine, there was two people in my school in particular who everyone walked on eggshells around because, again, there were people who were looking for friends. To me, he was like the Frankenstein monster. Right. And, I'm, and I, I bring up Frankenstein so much because I feel like people don't, you don't really know what the real book's about. And, like, Frankenstein is innocent. Frankenstein just wanted like love and happiness and you know all the stuff. Well, he didn't know what it was. He just yeah. wanted to be accepted in the world. The world affected him in a way where he became angry. Right. And you see little instances where this dude tries, and people just lash out at him because right. he like again he doesn't know any better. And I'm not saying that's an excuse for him, but it's just so interesting to see that they didn't make him into a straight up villain. Right. They showed how a person like that becomes what they become. So I I, I I'm shocked this movie didn't make that much money. Honestly. Um, I'm surprised it didn't get any type of, um, I don't know, any type of acknowledgement because I feel like if this movie came out nowadays, it would be relevant and it would get some type of attention. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm really surprised it didn't get any. I'm surprised like it didn't get any type of love because I thought the before. Yo, you telling me oh my Epps ain't performing in this movie, bro? Right. Yeah. My yo, that last scene. How is he not famous? I mean, he is. He famous, is, but he's but, black famous. Right. 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 Exactly. How is this dude? Because I feel like we this is the second movie we've done with him, or third? Yeah, yeah. He was at uh Love and Basketball. Love and Basketball. Juice. And Juice. Like how how? I mean, he was in a lot of movies. My yeah. man, my man is I don't know. Like I I I in, I won't say I enjoyed this movie, but I really respect this movie. Mm. So James, do you want to go or do you want me to go? You can go. For me, um, it was interesting. I mean, yes, like we already said, one of the things that sh- struck out, uh, stuck out to me the most when watching this film was the fact that every issue that they covered is in almost the exact same place it, that it was then, today. Uh, so with the exception of maybe, like people have a little bit more acceptance of gay and lesbians but like it still feels pretty relevant like Mm -hmm. um and i mean definitely the sexual harassment like it was like oh my god (laughs) the fact that this has been happening on college campuses for so so long and it it didn't it it took until just like celebrities getting outed for Mm -hmm. people to start recognizing this in a way that you hope will continue but it's hard to not be jaded when you see how long this history is and how much people just don't 
really care. Like society kind of allows it to ha- continues to allow it to happen. Um, and then the race stuff is like, you know, it's so hard because I mean, for me, I, yeah. So for me, the issue stuck out the most. I thought the acting was really good. I actually thought Ice Cube was like, oh my maybe goodness. the greatest I've ever Yo, seen. He him. was so good. He was so good. Um, I loved his character. I thought his character was so great. It, it, and I love that John Singleton allowed his character to have a little bit of like winning moments, you know, because he talks back to this campus security a lot and, and, uh, and like gets away with it, yeah, like well, you know what I mean. Like so crazy about which is you even, cool. even saying that, which I'm finding interesting nowadays, is that um, you even being like him talking back, like he got away with talking back. Whereas like people normally should be able to say something back, right, right, right. But for sure. because he's a black dude, like we're also like, is is that it's so crazy? Because like as a black dude. We're like, oh man, you shouldn't talk back. And when you talk you're back, right. you're rebellion. You're rebelling. And it's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm doing what every other human would normally do. Yeah, he got, he, <laughs> he, you're right. I should rephrase that. No, no, but I think about it too. But he it's did. Like, he got he away did. with like, with sticking up for him, with defending yeah. himself yeah. and the people around him. Which is crazy that yeah. that's a, like that, I remember when, that's crazy that when you think about it, you saying, if a, if a cop stops you on the street for right. something you didn't do, the moment you say, but I didn't do anything, now you're, you're talking back. Yeah. Right. Is that is that not crazy? No, it is kind of. It is crazy. Of course. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when no, you said right. it, I was like, my God. Yeah. He did. He literally was just. He. I mean, he said little things of like, I hope y'all can't. I hope y'all close. Shut their party down like y'all did ours. And it's like. Right. That's. That's so real. Right. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lawrence. Oh, uh, Fishburne was really good in this, though. Though I didn't know how to feel about his character for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. I, I wound up really liking that. Uh, um, and I thought Jennifer Connelly was really great. I thought she was great. And Mike Rappaport was good, too. It it was a hard, it was a weird role. Like, he had to just play a really weird guy. Yeah. Like, a, just a guy that you're kind of disturbed by even before he yeah. actually goes into his, like, Aryan brotherhood. But then you almost feel sympathetic for him. Like, no, yeah. And, I, like, and, that was, and that was cool. I, under, I, I, I appreciated that to, to an extent. Um, I will say... I think the movie did have some storytelling problems. Like it would just drop storylines yeah, at certain points for long periods of time mm-hmm. and then kind of come back. But like a lot of things weren't resolved at the end. Like we kind of just completely lost Kristen's. Yeah. What happened when a date that were, yeah. were hurt her? Like, because she's date. She's like, dating two people at the same time, a man and a woman. And, oh, yeah. I guess we and we never like, there's no real conclusion to that in any oh, yeah. way. Uh, and like, and then the tie up with her and Omar at the end, I like almost forgot about the fact that they had seen each other in the elevator. Mm. Cause when she's like, we never, it's like, Oh, it's so funny. We never met. And he kind of like looked at her and he's like, yeah, funny. And then I was like, damn, why he just throw shade at her? Oh, right. She was in the, yeah. other- <laughs> but, but, it's that, but uh, <laughs> it's that thing we always talk about is like, we always have to get to the point of like, proven that we're like good right. people right right it's like nah he, he was a nice dude then yeah <laughs> i just i just i i i and maybe you know they're like john singleton was like well i wanted to play with unconventional storytelling but like some things were unconventional but some things were very conventional so it didn't so there were just some so some parts of the movie that kind of dropped out and 
the only other thing I'll say is that they were talking a lot. I mean, like Ice, like Ice Cube's character had so many great lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he talked a lot about, oh, no, and so did Omar Epps. Omar Epps said, like, it's, you know, I know what you're trying to say, but it's different now. It's not all physical. It's mental. Yeah. You know, yeah. which I thought was such a great line. But then the movie is mostly phys- is mostly yeah. about the physical, and I was like, "Cool, so like you said it, but then you're I, I feel like you're giving people an out because they're gonna look at this and go, yeah, we're not Nazis, yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if, once you have people who just have like swastikas on their bodies mm-hmm. and like and they're like, we're about the Aryan Brotherhood and like we hate all, you know what I mean? Like yeah, once you, you have it so overt, then you lose the racial underpinning because because then in a way you're almost saying like see it's justified because even though i will say obviously you had uh charlottesville that happened so it's like those people are here still that's true it's like a real threat but there's this other thing that allows those people to continue to exist which is you know the subtle unconscious bias you know the systemic racism that isn't overt but it's still very present i think they had which some, they did with yeah. i guess the security guards the but. security guards to me were like supposed to represent that but then even that got physical yeah exactly so it, you know it, again i it, i i i still like the movie and the all of the issues that they brought up were so relevant that it kind of didn't matter uh but there were certain like storytelling parts that i that i was like oh this could have probably been a little stronger but yeah, but it was just it. Was, man, it was heavy. All right, that's <sighs> wait, James. James. What you got, James? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think this is like my second or maybe third time seeing this movie. But then when the movie started and Jennifer Connelly's name is first, I was like, "Have I seen this movie?" Like, I, remember, <laughs> I know because her, her being in it at all. Like, her character like, is not that big, and that opening oh, theme man. is too happy. The opening theme to this movie was so oh, happy. Yeah, I was like, "What is this?" Is like super happy. Um, I feel like I feel like this is one of those movies where, like, it starts and you're like, I'm not gonna let this get to me, you know. And that might be part of why the movie didn't get as much play as it as it deserved. Because like, it opens with the American flag, like right after that title sequence, it's just the American flag, right? Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and I think that like, I feel like, um, for as relevant and for as um, uh how it like it's a movie that came out in 95 we said and it's and it's uh, still relevant today like for even a movie that's that good or that smart or you know um it still had probably had that thing for people that they were like oh no i can't you know uh, these lessons i won't swallow any of these lessons right um i really liked i thought omar epps was fantastic i thought tyra banks did a great job um i didn't love the pacing at times i thought the pacing was weird and i thought the music took me out of it a, a, a bit mm-hmm. um uh but i but i i really like what it's saying and i really like the way that they uh, uh uh try to tell it i also kind of like that things are left unresolved i kind of feel like like i kind of think that like yes there are some things that are told conventionally but but there, like, there's probably pushback coming from higher ups that are like, "This needs to make sense. We just need to understand blank." But to really make this movie successful, it's like leave things, leave things unresolved, 
particularly if you're ending on the shooting and not beginning with the shooting, you know, like leave, leave things sort of like, what was that? Because that's more how things I think are, which is, I think is sort of a, a thing that's better about the movie. Um, uh, but I, you know, I have other individual thoughts that I guess we could talk about when we get to them. But. Cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess it's for me, it was like less about unresolved and more about not presenting a conflict that you were setting up in a way. Yeah. Specifically with that storyline. Anyway, so we're going to get to it. But before we do, we have a word from our sponsor. So stick around. We'll be right back. Just so y'all know, I've been saving up since I was like 18 in case my hairline goes. Is that right? Honestly, this I wish this was yeah. a bit, but it's not a bit. Like, I can't grow a beard, so I'm very nervous about not having hair. That's a real problem for a lot of men. I mean, 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. That's two-thirds. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, but the thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. So it's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. Well, I get to keep, I get to keep the hair I have? Yeah, man. Head on over to Hims. Hims? Forhims.com. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Wow. Because you know what I mean? Like, you going to have Yo. good hair. You got to get the sex life together, baby. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Skin care? I'm all about that. Yeah. Th- th- well, here's the thing. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you to real doctors okay. and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Okay? Wow, you understand a- what I'm saying? Like, science... Science is a part of this. Yeah. I'm not talking about like, you know, some weird Hancock universe. No, no. We're talking about real life. Not some made up make-believe world. Not some make-believe thing. Wait. No, no. We're just saying we're not. got to talk about Hancock. No, we're not not talking about. I'm just saying we're not talking about like a fictional world like Hancock. We're talking about the real world that we all live in. With with some infinity stones that make no sense. No, no. We're talking about real life. We're talking about people who want. Like we were talking about John wants to keep that curly fro. James wants to keep his beautiful skin. And I'm trying to keep my single life going. All right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you're trying to do one of those three things, go to to hymns, H-I-M-S dot com. For hymns. Yep. Oh yeah, sorry. F O R H I M S dot com slash jump. Uh, if you order now, our listeners will get a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today, right now while supplies last. So see website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Yeah, man, save your hairline, baby. Mm-hmm. Save your hairline and save your money. Save your sex life. Go for hymns dot com slash jump. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash jump hey guys so you know i i think i need to get an official website now I, like legit i keep we've been we've been yeah. doing this podcast for a while and i honestly don't have an i don't know why now. you don't have a squarespace website i need to update yeah, it I how need do you to, not have one okay can we not shame can no we not that, shame? no this whole in fact this isn't even an ad this is, this is just an intervention have you not gone to Squarespace yet? Look, man, Do I you- forgot that we can get like uh, a nice little discount on Squarespace if we go there and we use off a of code jump. You know, yeah. I forgot we get 10% off. Yes. Not only that, Squarespace, you can create a beautiful website for anything, all anything right. you want at all. Okay. Okay. You can showcase your work. You can blog or publish content. You could sell products or services of any kind. All right, man. You know, you can sell, you, you can sell shirts that say like, this website's better than James III's website. That's what I really want. I want, my, right, I, right. want I want to see what his looks like and That's just make not, like a really nice. That, one. But you, I think you I might don't need to do that. I was thinking well, about, but if you wanted to do it, you yeah. could do it with award-winning templates. You understand? Ooh. Yeah. Do you think I could make one where it's like 
I have my name, but instead of my name, it's in the Jurassic Park kind of like, you know, like logo. So it's like, it's not Jurassic Park, but it has a feel. What? You know what I'm saying? You don't even like Jurassic Park that much. But, but you I, can totally but do I it. But I can do it. Yes. <laughs> they got free and secure hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade ever, 24-7 award-winning customer service, analytics that help yes. you grow in real time. Wow. Wow. I mean, look, I, I feel like I'm not the only one who doesn't have a website. So listeners, if you're out mm-hmm. there and you're like, man, I need a website too, just head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code JUMP, J-U-M-P, and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain name. I mean, you can get whatever domain name you want. I got a couple listed, as everyone knows. I like to be very competitive with James. So I have, because my, my go-to name when I go get coffee is always James. So I was going to get my website, drawjamesmilligan.com. So people know my real name and then my fake name. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? You just taking that makes that really makes no sense. What you just said doesn't make sense. What are you talking about? I, if, I, if I was gonna have a website, I'd be like drawjamesmilligan.com. Because my name is Draw, but when I go and get you know coffee or order food, it's always James because people can pronounce. They're James. not on your website when you go to get coffee. What happened? <laughs> well, all what I have to, all no. I have to say is make it yourself. Make it with Squarespace. That's not a slogan, but I like it. I like it. They should, they should pay you for that. Thank you. Can you say it one more time? I feel like that's really good. Seriously. Make it with Squarespace. Okay, we're back. We're here. We're here. We're here. Don't worry. I, I feel like, I mean, we're not going to deliver this in a happy mode, but we're let's like, come on, come on, let's talk about it, though. We got to be able to it. talk about stuff. We got to be able to talk about real issues and like, everybody's right? there. Everybody's happy. They're, they're, they're going to college. They're freshmen. Yeah, what do man. we got? What is the thing that's so interesting? We're freshmen. Um, Christy's walking up. She's getting the flyers from people. She sees a cute boy who's looking at her. She's walking. She gives him a look. You know. You know. Hold up, though. Why Why we got to be seeing them doing the school cheer, and it's clearly Heil Hitler? Like, why? Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Skip to the best. Wait, what? That was so obviously I- them... <laughs> <laughs> like, I did not notice that. Wait, what? Do you, what, James? What you part? know that that's what they were doing. The the movie starts. We see the American flag. It pans over everything, and then it's just all the kids and it's all the white kids in the school doing Heil Hitler. No, James. The school. No, James. That is definitely what that is. De- no. We could ask John Singleton today, and he would be like, "Yep, that was what I was trying to do." <laughs> I am positive wow. that that's what he was trying. That's to it. That made I, me that's so intense. mad. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't peep that's that too much. I hope. My God, I hope. Oh, I didn't see that. That's exactly what they were doing. Oh, James, I say we were trying to be positive. Good gosh, you just starting like that? That's too much. I will say this, though. It was interesting because I used to run track in high school, and uh, I never wanted to go to college to play a sport because I was like, oh, man, what happens if you get hurt? And then also, uh, Mike, I mean, Omar Epps said something um, later in this movie was like, uh, I'm no one's horse or animal. And in my mind, that's what I thought when I went to go tour schools to like run track. Because all this, like, the schools will be predominantly white schools, but the athletes will all be black. And for some reason, right? I mean, just like if you, like, watch professional sports now, but watch football or basketball. And I get it. Black people are, like, very successful. Like, a lot of people make a lot of money from it. But when I think about the owners and how much money the owners actually make, right. for some reason, even today, I still feel very bothered by the idea of... It is weird. It's they, something, they also do have, like, the NFL has, like, you know, the turbine where they te- they literally test their... This, like physical, this, this, yeah, like top fitness physique. 
it, you know, they have them do. They, they have them drag tires and see how fast they can run a forty. And they record just, it. People are there, and, and they're the like, "All right, I like this one." <laughs> yeah, and it's not that it many owners of color. Kind of, ooh. it's like it still irks me out. So when he was like walking around, he was ch- feeling confident. I was like, "Oh, this is cool." And again, at that moment in the elevator with him um, and, and and Christy, I'm like, "Right, that dude, that just happened to me." Yeah, and the thing that sucks about that situation when it happens to you in real life, I mean, John, we talk about it on the podcast before. It's like if it's a white woman on the street, I'm either try to pass across the street so no one gets freaked out, right. so there's no problems. But to realize that someone's scared of you, just because you exist, like you ain't do nothing, right? Like you didn't, you literally did nothing, and like someone is t- scared of you, right? Someone is, t- someone feels like your mere presence, even though you've never met them, you could be in a suit. They feel like the fact that you exist in the same space is a threat to their life. You know? Damn. He could have snatched their purse and ran away. Yeah. Or he could have, like, hey, said, hey, I'm on your floor. Do you want to go get some damn ice cream at the ice cream social? Like, you don't know. Like, I know. Uh, 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 wait, let me bring up. We, we see people. I mean, I don't exactly remember the progression of this. I know we see people like, in there with their different roommates, right? In, mm-hmm. in rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we see? We see him at the track. Yeah, we see him at the track. We see, like, we see Michael Rappaport. We see him in his room. Because um, he was roommates with... Ice Cube. Uh, yeah, he was roommates with Ice Cube. And Ice Cube is the dude who, like, you realize is the sixth, seventh year senior. Yeah, they said he was a sixth year senior. Yeah, so he's been there for a minute. Like, he, yeah. like... And it's... Everything he said was so fascinating to me. Because he sounded like that one woke brother who is like always taking African American studies and just giving you facts which are true, but you're also like, damn, bro, why you gotta do this to me right now? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, why you gotta? Uh, I'm trying to think. What is the, the very first moment that happens? Wait, it, no, no, no. Isn't Michael Rappaport roommates with? No, sorry. No, they're two white guys. Yes, he. It's like him. Yeah, but before we see that, I know we see like Omar Epps go to the track. Oh, he like has the glasses late. on. He's cocky. He's late. He, yeah, he's got a lot. And then his like coach is like, "Get out of here!" Yeah, get out of here. Like, I got people who can beat you, and he's like, "Who?" Right. And the coach don't say nothing. Right. And then so you're like, "Oh, like is he really good?" Or uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think he's like average. And, no, and later on we learn that he's not that great. Yeah, he's just <laughs> apparently the slowest one on the team. Yeah, he's just average. Um, but we we go to the class. We go to the class, and all of them have the same class. Our main three. And um, which is messed up. Um, uh, Morpheus is like giving this whole no. introduction. <laughs> what man, Morpheus, bro? Morpheus is giving this whole introduction. Brings down, um, brings down Omar Epps, and he has him basically call out these names because he said this is gonna be your first lesson in politics, right? And which is so messed up. Basically, the kids who couldn't, who didn't have their financial aid yeah. together, had said, to leave. Wait, right? He said all uh, the names you just called were people who. <laughs> Dude, that's so tough. You didn't tough. pay up, and that's how the world works. You can't take my class if you haven't paid. Go see the financial aid. Bruh, that is... And they all had to leave. Like, so embarrassing. That is uber embarrassing. And he didn't have to do that, man. He had to do that. Up. He didn't have to do that. Before, uh, Oh, because before that scene, we we see... Uh, what's her name? Actually, there's a lot before that scene. Because we see... Um, Christy. We, we see Christy with her like two friends who are also blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that Christy's roommates with Regina King. Yeah, Regina King. Um, Monet is her name. <laughs> Monet. 
Uh, and we hear we find out that her um, dad. Because what did they say something? Oh, they're like they're like oh, we should like live off campus. Like oh, I hate like living. They like weren't they yeah. being racist? Yeah. So super. So super. So very early on, which is so funny because I didn't realize how old, how young they're supposed to be. They're like, yeah, we should live off campus. We hate living with the people. We should um, get our own spot. And she's like, I can't afford it. Just have your parents pay for it. Yeah, just have your parents pay for it. And they're like, they can't. They, I can barely afford to go to this school. Like, my dad just got laid off. And dude, it's the same issues that happen. This is '95. This is the same kind. Con- like, right. this is real. This yeah. is so real right now. Which is yeah. crazy to show you, like how things change over time. But also, so little has really changed. Right. Um. Yeah. So. I mean, is there anything in any of these scenes that well, you well, I do, about? Yes. Well, the thing is interesting. So one of the very first things that happens is as they're walking, you're actually walking walk to a frat party. Right. So they go to a frat party, um, and then Monet goes to the black party. Right. Uh, and at the frat party, which is al- already kind of sketched, you see, like, the frat boys introducing all the women. Yeah. You know, you People see... People are, like, like guzzling. Yeah. You alcohol. There's, like, girls in their bra, like, craziness. There's one... Again, I went to a predominantly white school. I remember seeing a lot of sororities, and in this one, there was when they went to the party. There was one one lone black girl, and she was like in a tub or a mini pool or something like that. But she basically had her shirt off. She had she had a bra on, and like it's just a bunch of white people around her pouring alcohol down her mouth. Right. And like for some reason, that visual just struck me so much because early on you saw like another girl outside, you know, and a guy picks her up or whatever. But the fact that there was no black, there was not a single black guy in this frat right. at any point. But there was this one black girl surrounded by a bunch of white people, and they were like screaming and pouring stuff in her mouth. Right. So that like, that struck me. And then when you go to the black party, the black party. First off, the black. If you notice, the the black kids don't have a house. They're still on campus. They're on campus. They're on campus. They ain't got a house. This basically this dude just has a huge ice cube. Just got a big ass dorm yeah, room. Yeah, he's a huge dorm <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah, like he just has a huge dorm room, and like everyone's in there partying. In the moment that they're in there, and it was so interesting is that in this scene, like you see, I think Buster smoke, but it's not a bunch of black people smoking weed in this scene, right? Which I think was done on purpose. And I think it was done on purpose to say, like, even though they're just having a good time and they're not doing anything that's considered illegal as much as anyone else is, this is still going to be harsher than what happens to the white group at the same time. Right. So sure enough, Mike Rapport comes, runs, and tells the cops that you know they're having a they they are having a party. Their music off, and the cops come and shut them down. But again, the cops never treat them like their people. At no point, at no point does that white cop ever talk to him like with any type of compassion or concern that he does any other white kids. Right. And I think about that all the time because, like, all these stories we hear about. I, look, I say it, that Chicago PD thing. I think I told y'all that Chicago PD thing. You know, it was a wonderful time, but there was a person who was on the set who, you know. Uh, it was a person on the set who uh, I'm trying to make sure I'm not getting in trouble. Uh, who is a consultant, if you will, to make sure things like po- they're doing it the way police would yeah. do it. And the way he was describing certain scenes, and I guess the criminals, the perp, he wasn't describing them as people. He'd be like, "Yo, y'all really want to kill this dude? Y'all really want to do this to this dude? This dude is screwed y'all over. Y'all want to fuck this dude up?" And I'm like, to hear that this this is a veteran now who is like consulting a TV show. And that's how you describe. Like, and things, I don't even think. I don't even think when he was saying he knew he how it realize. came off. Like, no I, don't think, I think he had none. And I'm like, if this is what you're doing here in the same space for a TV show, right? How do you treat people in the world? 
And it's, it's that difficult. It's like, what do you have to do to be considered like just a base level human being? Like, not even, not saying like you're the, like, not saying you're the smart, not saying you're like the ace in the hole, but you're just a human trying to get along in a day. Yeah. And it's seeing how they treated that dude. I'm like, man, this is the same shit that happens. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I loved how those parallels with those parties goes. And because the one thing I think is really important is that, and this may be skipping ahead, but when Christy does hook up with the guy later on, it start, it's, it's, it's that line I feel like we never teach people about like how sex actually works. We teach people how not to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this this started, she, she went back to his house knowing she was going to yeah, hook up with this it guy. Started so it started that way and she kept repeating like get a condom. And it, again, he should have easily just got this condom and he realized how it took a turn and I would just wish the movie would have shown his fallout a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like even even if even if it only showed like a it showed like a, a little bit a brief. But the thing is, it saved and him. We, and then we never see him again. But but the thing that thing I didn't like about it is that it saved him mm-hmm. because when she comes back after um, the assault happens, the black people. This is the thing that bothers me too. The black people instantly come to her defense, which I love without a doubt. The, the white guy calls uh, uh, Monet like a black bitch, mm-hmm. and like she gets everybody. Right. Everybody comes, and they're like, which one is it? And maybe they right. don't know about the assault yet, but no matter what, right. they're there for the women, right? And when the cops show up, this white dude almost saves the black people by being like, we got no problems. There's no issues. And it's almost like he's absolved of everything he's done, like of yeah. calling the black woman a bitch, of assaulting this other woman, and we never see... At yeah, no but point see, in this movie, I liked this. So do I the white this, people who do bad things of, of scenes. Yeah, it's like I liked these series of scenes because it was like, it was like, uh, I, there were so many things that happened that like went wrong or you feel wrong about it, right? Like mm-hmm. she doesn't call, she ne- she doesn't call, she passes the phones and doesn't call uh, security. She's so distraught about it, she doesn't want to do anything. The only thing that happens is they call. Um, uh, Ice Cube, right? Mm-hmm. Then, be- but and then the guy does pretty much get away with it because he's like, he's scared of something worse happening, right? So mm-hmm. he's just like, uh, th- everything's fine here, uh, everything's fine, right? I liked that. I, I really liked the way that this happened because it was like it felt so, it felt so real. Yeah, it felt felt yeah. very real. It felt it felt real, but I guess in my mind it just it. I guess it hurt because to me it's like yeah it felt real but it also shows that if something happens to a woman it's so easily upset it's like it's so easy like pushed aside because my thing is right well she says that later she's like I think she has a conversation with Jennifer Connelly uh, about like well, are you gonna are are you gonna report it and and she's like why he's not gonna it's nothing's gonna happen and yeah. And it, I mean, so like, that's trash. like the real, that is what happens a lot. You know, they still have that same statistic that exists today. The one in, it's like one in four women. And, and the reality is, yeah, you know, you can report it, um, which I think you should do, but it takes so much, it takes an, such an emotional toll on you. And then even more so to report it and then nothing happened afterwards, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So she. Yeah. She doesn't say anything, and then we don't see that. Yeah. We'll see him again. We, do don't, we? we never see him again. Like we never. And she's obviously this has like changed her, but like we don't see. The other thing that we don't really see is how her entire college experience 
is going to be hampered like because if she ever sees this guy, she feels, you know what I mean? Like those feelings are going to come up. She can't like go to the same parties that she was going to. She can't talk with the same people Mm -hmm. like and it's and it's like always gonna be there but it's not a thing that other people know the only people that know are the people that she spoke to right this is gonna live with her for the rest of the time while this guy i mean like yeah that's just such a powerful image i think yeah and also her two friends never stop hanging out with the frat people and that for all intents and purposes they never even know what happened yeah very true and if anything, everybody just looks at because they like the next day everybody's looking at her, like she's like oh like all the guys are looking at her like oh she's a slut yeah, because her friends called her like oh she had a tramp haircut the moment yeah. she showed up um, when she got it cut and, because and bleached it, she bleached it yeah I mean that stuff is yeah that stuff is so interesting because I'm thinking about like there was so much in that to me there was so much in that scene just outside of that frat and this is early this is like first ten fifteen minutes in the movie because you have legit. The guy who assaulted somebody, who called someone racist. Then you have the black people on the white people's turf. Then you have the white enforcers show up. There's never a black security guard or Puerto Rican. There's never a brown security guard. And again, at no point, at no point does the security guard really try to figure out what's hap- what's going on. Right. He instantly goes towards them. And I got to come back to that guy when we get at the end. And I think his yeah. betrayal of security was really good because again, I had a security guard at my college who, yo. I, w- I lived in an apartment style dorms, uh-huh. and so it was four. It was a four bedroom apartment. It was co-ed, and at least on my floor, no one locked their doors because everyone was like, "Oh, we know everybody on this in this wing." Blah blah blah. Uh, somebody on the floor, like at the time, thought they lost. Uh, oh man, it was like a jacket. It was something expensive. Mm-hmm. Thought they lost a jacket, mind you. There's in this corner. There's three people of color. One never really lived there. He never showed up. But it's like me and like an Asian guy. Uh, uh, but he was like a hood Asian dude. So he was like, not saying he's like a black Asian, but like he was like hood, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, uh, not hood, but he was like very urban. And uh, yeah, so basically like this dude, so this thing got stolen and instantly security came and approached me and this other dude. And again, he may have, he may have went to other people first. We just didn't see it. And all I know is like when he stopped me in particular, he stopped me like right by the elevator banks. So this is like, we had an L-shaped hallway, so it was like on one end it was a bunch of apartments, on the other end it was a bunch of apartments, and I got stopped in the intersection of this L. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of those things where like someone's talking to you, and you just know what the visual of this looks like, knowing there's only like ten black people staying in these dorm dormitories. Right. It's like and the one black dude, something stolen, which ended up being missing because it was ended up being at somebody's house or somebody else's dorm. Uh, but it was to get this long talking to in front of so many people as they're like going. Like down the elevator, going down the steps, coming back from class, right. and it's like, oh, you're talking to the black dude because some shit got stolen. And I think at the end of the day, is ain't nobody apologized. Right. Nothing I was expecting it, but it's just like, and I'm looking at this dude, like, they don't like, no one cares if you feel offended if you're if, like something's hurt. It's no. like you just, you should expect it. Yeah. We're just doing the right thing anyway. So that part happens, uh, and yeah. then now we're in class. Yeah. And the other thing that happens is like while that party got broken up. Ice Cube's party, they were like, they were being dicks. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. (laughs) They were. They were. Because he's like, come on, guys. I have like class tomorrow morning. Yeah. And they're like, I'll beat you, son. You're like, all right. So aggressive. So aggressive. Uh, So unnecessary. Uh, So unnecessary. Uh, But then also, after that party got shut down, what you didn't hear is that there was like a bunch of rock and roll music 
like blasting right. too. So it was like, hey, we're partying. But also there's another party right here in the dorm too that you don't. And the guy goes, right. well, I love that. That's like real music or something like that. Right, the security guard says, yeah. Hollywood is shut down. All production has stopped and funding for new projects is tough to come by. There has never been a better time to talk through the entertainment industry's issues and try to reimagine Hollywood. And that's what Hollywood, the sequel, a new podcast from LAS Studios, will be doing. Listen as journalist John Horn talks to some of the most important and up-and-coming actors, producers, and directors about what we can expect the future of Hollywood to look like. And more importantly, how it should look. Will there be greater representation for women, for people of color? Will there be a return to the small and intimate movie? Will there be a permanent shift towards streaming and away from movie theaters? Are YouTube, TikTok, and podcasts reshaping the media landscape once and for all? Can movie theaters rebound from shutdown with streaming and social distances as a norm? As Hollywood the sequels ask these questions and more, this limited-run series will spark an ongoing conversation about how to use the current crisis as an opportunity to fix the entertainment industry's fault lines. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive Hollywood the sequel trailer. Available June 23rd. Download Hollywood the sequel for free at laist.com slash Hollywood the sequel or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's L-A-I-S-T dot com slash Hollywood the sequel. Hey there, Forever Dog listeners. This is Rhea Butcher, a host of Three Swings, a podcast about baseball and other things available right here on this very network. For as long as I can remember, I have had a love-hate relationship with the game of baseball. More love than hate, but you know, it's a sport that brings me so much joy and it's impossible to imagine my life without it. I have countless memories of watching the sport, playing the sport, swearing at the sport, watching the sport some more. But like everything else in America, being a fan of baseball is not that simple. There's also a lot that I dislike about baseball. The persistence of racist mascots, the fact that violent domestic abusers continue to thrive in the major leagues, the wall streeting of professional baseball, the list goes on and on. So I wanted to make a podcast where I could talk freely about both of these things what makes baseball great, and what makes it terrible. And in doing so, I usually find myself talking about more than just baseball. Race, gender, capitalism, mental health, stories from my life, stories from the road. And that's what Three Swings is all about. It's a baseball podcast about life. It's a life podcast about baseball. It's got something for diehard baseball fans, for new fans, and even for those of you who know absolutely nothing about the game, but are hearing this ad and saying, hey, that sounds interesting. It's for you too, my friend. We've got a bunch of back catalog episodes for you to browse through, and new episodes come out every Friday right here on the Forever Dog Podcast Network. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to also follow us on at 3 Pod on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest updates. Uh. Yeah, that was frustrating. I was like, because... I like I like the fact that they're like playing this music and being loud and aggressive, but then the other people also playing the music being loud and aggressive. We could have at least seen like a hey, like you know what I mean? Like when, hey, hey, when man, the, wouldn't the, wouldn't the security like knock on the door and then keep walking? Like wouldn't they do a half something? Like yeah, like, yeah. I mean that was weird. I will say to John Singleton's, well, I do respect from John Singleton. And I'm happy John touched on it. Is that they didn't make Ice Cube and him seem um, without any type of fault. Like Busta is mad aggressive to people. Yeah. They like even Omar Epps is super like from the beginning. He's off break. He's mean to yeah. Michael Rappaport. Like off break. So you don't. 
So there's always these shades of gray. So like, they didn't make, for instance, the white people be like the big bads, right. and the black people are like, oh, we're just victims. They show like the levels of, hey man, they're not nice to him, and again, they didn't deserve what happened. But it's also like, these people aren't without fault either. You right. know, like, yeah, like Omar Epps shows up the um, track meet late, doesn't doesn't like do as much as everyone else does. Um, thinks everybody's against him. Like when he has that meeting with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, he's like, man, I want my brother to have my back. You know, I don't want to feel like, yeah. you know. And his conversation with um, with, with, with um, Lawrence Fishburne is so interesting because he's talking about, yeah, like John said, this feels mental. And that's what I think about nowadays that we, our generation is fighting. Right. Like back in the day, our parents fought against like physical treatment. Whereas now like you're fighting against someone's like philosophy and someone's like, like their little thought process. And right. it's like how, like you're now just working to try to prove that this thought of racism, if you will, is wrong. But it's so hard to prove it that right. it exists because you're like, nah, man, that's just what? Yes, it's nefarious. It's like, it's <laughs> because like, it's because sometimes it's so covert, you can people can say, well, it's not happening. It makes you think you're crazy. It, ma- it makes you think you're crazy, bro. And I think that's yeah, a, that's the scary part. Yeah, the the um, I liked that the I also I agree with what you were saying earlier, Gerard, That I felt like the security guards were showing more of that mental game even though it does become physical with them but in thinking about it more it's like if if they don't have if they if he doesn't show more examples of the the uh, sort of mental uh, mind games of racism like then someone that doesn't have that as a part of their experience isn't even gonna get that from this movie right, right? Yeah. like yeah like I I loved that that he said it because it was like, yeah, that's so true. And then it was like, you know, it was like, oh, yeah. And I've been feeling that this whole time I've been watching it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but but to anyone that, like, doesn't even recognize that that is real, they the only time they've seen it is, like, the moment that um, Homegirl clutches her purse. And then maybe the first time the cops are mean to the black people for no reason. Like, but then that's it. Like, it's not, it's sort of right. not in the movie for the rest of the time. Right. And then we yeah. have like a lot of scenes with Lawrence Fishburne where his character says things like, you know, where 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 Omar, Omar Epps co- comes to see him and says, you know, it's just so frustrating. You have all I, I'm here and I'm struggling. I have to do all this track stuff just to make sure that I can pay to go to the school. And all these white people, none of them have to worry about that. They're like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever, and then it, and then Lawrence Fishburne goes, "Oh, so it's economical, not racial." Yeah. You know, and there's like a part of you that's like, "Okay, but to say like those are two separate things, like exactly, it's, like, it's not." It's, and also, even if there wasn't just economics, there would still be a racial undertone that was happening here. But, um, you know, because he had because. Lawrence Fishburne's character kind of represents the that mentality of well don't complain just like do it and I think it's it's hard because a lot of times these movies pit these two mentalities against each other instead of instead of like marrying them Mm -hmm. you know you can be a person who just complains all the time and 
plays the victim and never lifts yourself lift yourself up in a way that's not uh helpful but you can also on the opposite end be somebody who denies the fact that social injustice is happening and you don't become a part of any movement and you tell people to just shut up and just be better and if they're better then they'll they'll succeed and you deny the reality of the systemic racism that's happening so there is a happy medium to those two you know what i mean yeah. you don't it's not like it doesn't have to be one or the other it's very dualistic yeah it, you know I, and i think that that's why i think that's why i like the way that it's presented in this um scene because it's like he says like so if you were running track like what would you do and i like it that he like lets him even though he is basically saying, like, you just got to work harder, blah, 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 whatever, which is, like, something that I, I hate. Um, but um, but I like that he says it in a way that just sort of puts it puts it more on Omar Epps so that he's not going, he's not going, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. He's going, oh, I, right, how am I, what is a thing that I can do to change? You know, he's he's, like, coming to a decision on his own rather than, being forced an idea yeah does that make sense totally yeah, yeah. and right, at the right, same yeah. time but um, what's so funny about what was so funny to me about a track analogy and again this is one of those things where i wish they i wish it I kept that ball in the air but because the track stuff was also just we just just completely like just yeah. dropped but in in the course of the story we see that he's not great at track yeah <laughs> like he was good in high school, and he comes here. My man Ricky was he, in here. Did y'all you know. see Ricky? Ricky, uh, uh, I'm not even gonna call him by his real name, so whatever. We're from Boys in the Hood. Uh, he's like, um, he's running, and right. he's like the last one on the um on the uh on the relay team. I'm Did like, you just say Ricky? <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm gonna call him Ricky. His name is Ricky to me. <laughs> he ran in he ran in 1992. He ran it in 1995. Wow, Morris Chestnut was in there. That's what I'm talking about, Ricky. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. But yeah, like they do that relay race and he is the slowest one and he like is a reason, maybe one of the reasons they lose. Uh, and so they have this thing after and he's like, whatever, you y'all are slaves and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and I was just sitting there and I was just thinking, you know, at a certain, you could work hard. I, I, I mean, sports is such a great analogy for how it doesn't matter how hard you work <laughs> because yeah. you can work as hard as you want. But at the end of the day, you know, Earl Boykins probably worked harder than any other person in the NBA. But at the end of the day, he's still 5'5". Five five. He's still yeah. coming off the bench. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah. if, you, if you don't have, if you're not set up like other people are set up, you can achieve maybe more than people thought you might. But that doesn't mean... But you're fighting. I mean, you're, you're still fighting a ceiling. Down. Like so that that's that was my whole thing. I just thought it was so interesting that he used that sports analogy, and then later on we see him lose a race. Like he says, run faster, but then he loses a race, and then we're like, cool. So now what? And I and and I guess that affects him later on. But like it, it just sometimes it felt like disjointed. Like we didn't like we had to put the pieces together as the audience, mm. and the movie didn't do it for us. Which maybe sometimes is cool, but. It's it's hard, especially when you're dealing with something so heavy, that you have to like kind of also do that work of like connecting these like story dots. Um, because I was wondering whether or not 
I, I I guess I was wondering what Lawrence Fishburne, what his character's philosophy really was, was it. because it kind of s- starts to transform when we start to, it, they 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 make these hints that maybe Ice Cube, like we all were laughing, we like kind of like, oh, this is like the, you know, he's getting left behind or whatever, Ice Cube, because mm-hmm. that's he's here for six years, he can't graduate, and then we kind of realize. No, he's here because he just like he, he likes chooses to basically. He's choosing to be here because he loves learning. Yeah, like he's just learning information. He's actually just choosing to remain at college, and and just just not playing within the system of degrees. He's like, yeah. I'm getting information. Whether you want to, you know, qualify the information that I'm learning as like degree worthy, like I have to take this class and this class to get this degree or whatever. I don't really care. I'm just here to learn. You know. And then we see that, like, maybe him and Lawrence Fishburne's character have, like, a relationship. Yeah, like, and they have a history. They re- and respect for each other and, you know. But but I, I guess at the end of the day, I, st- I, I, I wasn't 100% sure, like, what Lawrence Fishburne's, you know what yeah, I mean? Who, who it was side like, he was on, really. It was like he was very, you know what it was? What he, his philosophy was. It was, like, hinted at, but then I, I was like, so, he, he seems like he's saying, like, you have to. To, to actually break this racial injustice that is real, you have to do X, Y, Z. But then I was like, but then what are you doing? Like, in the beginning, he was like, I treat everybody the same. Like, he said that to yeah, Omar Epps. Yeah. And I was like, but then we see another, we see him with, what's her name? Kristen. And he's not treating her like he's treating Omar Epps. So I'm like, you don't treat everybody the same. You're a liar. Yeah. And it's very fascinating because there's someone, there's a character who, I hate to know about the to to quote um Scott. Scott is the the leader of the white supremacists on campus. Right. And towards the end of the movie, um he's talking to Michael Rappaport's character and he goes, You shouldn't have dropped out. We need people like you who are doctors, who are like lawyers, who are architects, who are yada right. yada. And when he said that, it brought me back to what Lawrence Fishburne said earlier about everything this is like class issue and and you gotta work harder. Because to me, what both of those two characters were saying uh, in different ways was, in order to affect change, you almost have to, you have to achieve something. Like you have to, like you have to, basically like almost like an entrepreneur is like, you know, if you're going to be a woman or person of color, like you got to, you got to work hard so you can be successful. And so it becomes like normal, right? Right. Um, and I'm listening to the white supremacist basically tell this white dude the exact same thing. Like he has the same struggles as people of color. And I'm like, everyone is thinking we have to be better than the other person. That's, I mean, I mean right. that's, 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 everyone is basically telling each other, it's like, hey, you're a black kid, you got to work twice as hard. Hey, you're a white dude, the world isn't helping you out, you got to work twice as hard. And it's just fascinating to me that at, at every point, no one understands that they're all people going for the same goals. You know, it's like, oh, I have to be better than this person. Literally, it's, you have to be better than that person. Right. And it's such an interesting thing because now it's always competitive. Now everything we do is... Uh, I got, I got it. Ah, man, I gotta make more money than this person. I gotta have more power than this person. Like even at towards the end, both times Michael Rappaport pulls a gun on Omar Epps, uh, or not both times, but the first time he pulls a gun on him, and then when um, Omar Epps is like hurts his leg when he's running up the steps, he goes like, "I'm better than you. You're nothing. You're nothing to me. You'll never right. be me. This is mine." And it's just this thing of like authority, almost every right. the patriarchy. Like it's literally men wanting authority over women, and it's just literally everyone wanting control over something else. Right. And this movie, again, touches on this at an age where we had Rodney King happen at this moment. 
Uh, we had the riots. OJ Simpson. We had OJ. We're in the middle of OJ right now when this is going yeah, on. Yeah, apparently, right? like it was released like right before the trial began. Yeah, so like the OJ is going on, and it's just fascinating because, and I, I do want to skip ahead a little bit to when we get to, um, um, when Mike Rappaport pulls a gun on uh, Omar Epps. I mean, this whole scene, this whole sequence is crazy because again, Tyra Banks is hitting Omar Epps with the thing of like, you got to stop doing this. You got to stop like fighting everything. You got to stop being combative. You got to like, people. When something is stolen in our house, the white girls always look at me, but I don't worry about that. Right, because Omar, because uh, uh, Tyra Banks is also a track. She's on the track team, mm-hmm. college student, and Omar Epps uh, essentially says, "Like, <laughs> she's like, what? You think you have it harder than me?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." He says it quick. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And it's interesting because as they're having this discussion, you know, Michael Rappaport pops up and is like, "Oh, this." I, hate, I think I'm just talking about college right now. Um, Michael Rappaport comes up and it's like, oh, do you support the Black Panthers? And like this whole thing. In college. That's reverse racism. Reverse. In college. And I probably said this on the podcast before, but I have a shirt that has one of the first meetings between Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King. And again, a lot of people remember Malcolm X for a certain era of his life. And again, he changed that thought process later on. And again, when he first started, he wasn't like, we need to kill white people. He was like, we just need to... If people... you basically saying if someone shows up in your house with a gun, defend your house. You know, right. and, and a, you know what I'm saying? So he right. wasn't like, go kill me. He's like, yo, but we got to retaliate. Right. So I remember being in college. I had this shirt on. My, my, my roommate's girlfriend, one of my roommate's girlfriends, white girl from like kind of a rich area, super nice to me. You've always been nice. She sees me in this shirt. She goes, gets him, gets like a neighbor. And now I have in my, first off, in my bedroom. Because again, we got four bedrooms. Right. So they walk into my bedroom and now confronting me if I'm being racist towards white people because I'm wearing a Malcolm X and Martin Luther King shirt. And I'm thinking in my head, I was like, oh, so what do you know about Malcolm X? And they're like, oh, he hated white people. I'm like, well, technically, he didn't straight up hate white people. But like, how much do you actually know? So we go through this history lesson. And then they go through, because I'm from Southeast and then moved to PG. One of the girls goes, I mean, that's different. We know not to drive through those areas. And I'm like, why wouldn't you drive through those areas? She's like, because that's, that's, what the, that's, where, that's where it's bad. That's where the bad people live. I'm like, so you think these predominantly you know, poor black areas are where the bad, versus your gut reaction right. was describing as where the bad people live. Right. And like you think this dude who tried to help black people because people think they're bad is also a bad person. Right. And so when I heard him ask him about the Black Panther Party, and again, again, the Black Panthers never just ran up on the KKK. They never just ran up on cops. Right. The Black Panthers bought guns legally, did like food and clothing drives, <laughs> and legit just tried to make sure that neighborhoods were protected. Right. And I'm like, you have no. You you're using these black panthers as a reason to be racist, and people still do that shit today. Yeah, I'm like, this is crazy. Like that's this is crazy. Yeah. That is that that is '95. I was in college in like '08, uh, and now it's about 2018. And I'm literally looking at our president talk about certain shit, and I'm like, bruh, you're calling Black Lives Matter a hate group, but then you call supremacists good people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are good people on both sides. Shut up, John. <laughs> Shut up. But like that instance was so crazy. And then when he pulls the gun on him, and, and it's that always been that parallel, I guess, at least when I went to college, of just like black and Jews, like you're supposed to like band together because you've both been oppressed. And they hear that dude talk about how the Jewish guy wasn't even white, but then the black person shouldn't even be friends with the Jew guy, the Jewish guy because uh they own us. It's like it's right. just like that hateful rhetoric. Is so prevalent now. It's just like I can't. I I could not stop watching this movie and thinking of like things that I watch on the news today. Right. It was so hard to disconnect, and I think that's what made this movie made. Movie was like so hard to watch to me. More yeah. so than I thought it was going to be. 
Because I think if we're watching a slavery movie, we can do what other people do. It's like, oh, we're not living in that times. We're not those people, right? right? But this is a time where the clothing style is coming back. Yeah, I know. Like the clothing is coming back, you know what I'm saying? Like the celebs I'm watching in this thing are younger, like younger. So the TV shows are coming back. Yeah, it's like we're doing reboots of them. <laughs> it's like this, we're, we're literally going back into that time. And yeah. like, like you said, which sucks, but if this movie was released today, the kill count would have been higher. Right. That's the only. That's the only thing you would have changed in this movie to me right. is you would have made that count higher, and you would have changed it from a, a sniper to um, an assault rifle, right? With a pump. Ugh, guys, why did? I'm sorry. I'm never suggesting the movie again. The stock book. I'm never. I'm never suggest. You know what? I'm never gonna suggest a movie again. <laughs> I can't do it. And then after the scene, which is so quick, is that is that the blacks. The black, the black group runs up on the white supremacists and they have this all-out oh, fight. Yeah. And the thing that sucks, Bruh. the thing that sucks about this brawl is that Ice Cube said the, the smartest fucking line of this whole movie when Buster goes, at least we won, and he's like, You really think we won? Yeah. We ain't win nothing. Right. They won. We're still in their schools. We're li- we're behind enemy lines. They own says. this couch. <laughs> we're behind they enemy lines. Building, bro. They own this school. He said, you think one beatdown is going to make up for 439 years of oppression? And it doesn't. And it doesn't. My man, at that point, like, and again, when he says they're behind enemy lines, and then you ha- you cut right back to the white group, and they're talking about, oh, this is the start of the race war. And they're trying to, one of them is trying to turn it up a notch. And the thing is, as they get this, this plan for the snipers and stuff, what hurts so bad is that as this guy shoots random people in this field at a peace, at a peace rally, mind you, a peace rally, the cops don't initially go after the bloody white dude with the swastika that's visible. Right, because Omar is beating up on him. But my thing is, pull him off. Well, yeah, but they, that's why they go after him. That's why they do it, because they're like, why is he beating up on this white man? You know, no, but a even, bloody white dude. But Sorry, even before that, when he first pulls the gun on um, um, Omar Epps and the Jewish guy, they still go after Omar Epps, and the Jewish guy has to come down and say, hey, that's the wrong one. Not him, not him. That's insane. And the thing about that is that he, as he sits outside with the other black people, the cops instantly go, come on, let's get out of here. Let's disperse. You know? And the thing is, you just had a gun pulled on you, and nothing happened to that dude because you didn't even try to chase him. And at the end, they literally... They also, li- he had a gun on campus and pulled a gun on a fellow student, and he didn't go to jail? No. No. He's like he dropped out, but yet he was still on campus. Yeah, and what walking around. dropped out? What the flip? You don't get to just drop out. You go to prison. Like you don't. You Bruh. can't just pull a gun on somebody. No one felt weird about it. No one knows it. And the thing that sucks is that I keep thinking about and this the end part, which I can't let go of. I can't let go of is the mere fact that when that when that white kid was running and he was about to like again the fact that he had those he had a gun pointed at the cops right. and the fact that those cops were still trying to talk him off of the ledge. And then felt compassion when he, like, you know, I just think about what's happening recently, even by the time this podcast comes out, what, a month maybe, of a guy in the backyard of his grandma's house talking on his cell phone. Mm-hmm. My, man, my man wasn't pointing shit, but my man, wasn't giving, my man wasn't giving a chance to explain himself. And it's on tape. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's on tape. He was, that cop, that security guard or whatever, was willing to risk his life to save the life of that white man. But cops are not willing to risk their lives to save the life of some some black man. 
Omar Epps was in handcuffs, bloodied and beaten by them as he's watching this. He's standing there bloody and beaten. The reason he comes out limping isn't because of Michael Rappaport. It's because of the cops. Right. Like He comes literally out of the building bloody and beaten, not because of the dude who shot up everybody, yeah, yeah. but because of the people who are supposed to protect him. And again, I'm thinking about a certain situations where I think about, like again, my family's personally very religious. They always go to church. My family are those families who are in these small 20 people black churches. You know what I'm saying? And I think about that guy who went into that church, did what he did, and got fucking Burger King. Right. He made it out. I think I think I think I think about the guy who was just in Austin when apparently I didn't even realize when we were in Austin targeting people of color. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just now, this is one of the first times someone's ever called a white dude a domestic terrorist. Which is crazy. He literally targeted wow. only people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh we skipped over the whole Jennifer Connolly storyline, but oh, she, again, she was just It's fine. Yeah, I think yeah, we're, it's we're fine. Well, I think well, I, I will say this: the one thing I did I did like about the situation is that again they didn't make anyone seem better than the other in anyone else. Whereas Monet um, Regina Hall's character was freaked out a little bit. That yeah, she's fact, homophobic. She was definitely homophobic, and she was like, "Why is your friend so weird? Your friend's weird. Yeah, like, she's not weird. She's just different. Yeah, and she's like, I bet she's, she's trying like, to like, and she said like, yeah, fucked up I bet shit. She's trying to get you to be all kinds of different. Yeah, yeah. And then she's when they were holding hands. When they were she, holding hands. She like looked at her and was like. What's wrong? Like, I, oh, she says something like to the like when she goes out on the date with the guy, she's like, "Oh, I was getting worried about you." Yeah, yeah. And then even, hey, don't put on too much lipstick. You don't want to look like a hoe. It's just so interesting how you can go from being judged to judging someone else so quickly. It's like in an instant. It's literally in an instant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she, she, and I, it's interesting because the moment when they're in the park and Jennifer Connelly and Christy are like holding hands and they walk past. Uh, Regina Hall's character turns back to her friend and does this what like this whole like this whole weird like how what did you see that which almost makes you feel like oh now you now you think you're better than that person <laughs> you know it's like it's just like a, it's like a, it's just a constant who's better than whose scale which is yeah uh, and then she winds up having a, a relationship a sexual relationship with Jennifer both. Conley and this yeah. other guy who's like really nice mm-hmm. uh but then that's it. We don't see the rest of that. Yeah. And then also, that guy who's nice like has a brief conversation with Omar Epps where he's like, "Like we're different. Like I'm not that guy, you know." And Omar Epps is like, "Nah, like I'm not different." <laughs> and that stuff. So and it's true. like that. That's that's kind of breaks your heart. It's like this, you know. He's like trying to reach out. He's literally reaching out to him, you know, man. for reconciliation. And Omar, I mean. To be fair, the timing is horrible, and I don't think he knew that Omar Epps had a gun pulled on him. He or... said, "No, Omar says it in that conversation." Oh yeah, he says it right then and there. Yeah, but yeah, but now you're projecting on, and, and I guess that's a difficult part because I'm like, again, if you've been robbed or if something's happened to you, I see why you would be scared of a of a dude approaches you or just walks behind yeah. you. But then also it's like, oh, I want you to not know that's not me, <laughs> you know, and also like that white dude wanted Omar Epps to know, like, hey, I'm not the guy who put the gun on you, right? But like in his yeah, I mean, I, I one of the things that I that I liked about the movie, but also found infuriating. But it's it's uh, the reality I think is like is the blinders that pretty much everybody had on, like, um, like like they Lawrence Fishburne gives a speech, right? He gives the chess pawn speech and the the like. You got to fight. You got to do this. You got to do that, right? And then like the next the scene game. is. What? It's all a game. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's all a game, right? And then the net, and then the next scene is the is the is the fight, like the big fight, which is like that's not the fight that Lawrence Fishburne was trying to say to have. But it's but but they do it, and it's like you're not even thinking about you're mad at now. Yes, you are mad at them because this is a hate group, obviously. But like you're also bad at just like sort of the system, the 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 thing that we've been that's sort of been hovering over the whole movie, the system, this sort of this repetitive thing that's going on and on and on and on, and still happening today, and we're seeing it today. And it's like it's so frustrating that we get this one scene that kind of touches on it, even a little bit even more directly, which is the, this sequence of like I'm not. You know, I'm not the guy that pulled a gun on you, but I still hate. I still hate you. <laughs> you know, I still. And it was. It was just like uh, it's nice. It's great. It's great to sort of see it uh, enacted this way. But yeah. it is so infuriating that that's how so many people see the world, or or even that's how that is the system, right? That is the system in place, like that. We're not being taught that we're all the that we're all people. We're being taught these very sort of narrow um, ideas or uh, these sort of passed down ideas of anything of blackness, of whiteness, of of whatever you know of what it means to be yeah. heterosexual, what it means to be homosexual. Yeah, it's so it's like ugh, it's so infuriating. Yeah, yeah. and it, and yeah. I think about how this movie ends too. It like Tyra Banks gets shot. Yeah, it doesn't end. <laughs> Yo, uh, this scene of Oh My Eps when he runs out and like when he's just trying to get to the body and then like Lawrence Fishburne is holding him. I was like, dude, I I can't. Like I, I A thing that I also really liked too right before this is like, you know, there's the whole like running, running, running thing that's happening throughout the movie. But then when she gets shot, it's just a very still moment from Omar Epps. And it's like he doesn't run or at least he doesn't run in the way that he should. You know, he doesn't run for help. He doesn't. He stays there and he stares at her. I thought that was really that was really powerful and also infuriating. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, it's like a really powerful moment of like him not doing it. And then I think even still not doing what is right or what is, I mean, what is right and wrong in this scenario? Like, I, you know, like I think he has every right to want to attack and kill and want to attack and kill Michael mm-hmm. Rappaport. But it's like, is that the thing that he should do right now? Like who, who, like, she's there and she's dying she's she's dead obviously but it's like should he run and get help or should he have ran to michael rapaport and i i love that that's sort of like an open kind of thing yeah uh well i'm the thing is i i figure i don't want to talk to highwood at all i just i just want to talk to america i do a little bit man it's just like i, I feel like john me and you've had this discussion over the last couple of days of just like how people treat each other and it sounds so dumb and i get it it sounds I get it sounds like this is not the easiest thing, but when you think about how, like, how the efforts of men treating women, you think of how, like, white men treat every other race for the most part. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, why why is there a division between people and sex? Like, why, like, aside from the fact that people want to feel power, if you just think about, if you just treated someone, how do you want to be treated? Like, why if you want to be tribes? Like, but if you want to just be treated with respect, like you, at the end of the day, don't you just want to be respected and like be able to like provide for your family, live a fun, good life, and like, mm-hmm. like that's it. 
If you prick me, do I not bleed? Exactly. Do you not? Do you not put on your shoes? You know. Do we not all eat? Like it's crazy. It's do we not all poop? Do you not poop? You do gotta we not poop. all wipe our eye boogers I in the feel morning? Like that's the thing that Shakespeare was missing. Do we not all poop? <laughs> Which is real. We all got the poop. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got nothing to say, man. It's just, it's just, it's just difficult to me because I feel like, and again, I guess when we do with this podcast, and people are like, oh, you know, John's diplomatic, you know, James is nice, and I'm like, fix it, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like in my mind, it's like, fix it. It's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. It's really hard to me. Come on, people, now. It's just hard because I'm thinking about like, we live in a world where, again, I do agree with Omar Epps' character, where now. The things we're fighting is definitely more mental than when people are being hosed and hung on the street corners. Like, it's not that. It's definitely institutionalized. We're definitely looking at a prison system that is thriving. We're definitely looking at how, again, we have this podcast because of how media presents certain, like how media presents women and, and people of color. Like, we see what's happening. And to me, the only way to fix that is to change people's mindset. And it's like, hey, just stop being a dick. It's like, it's, it's like just, just don't do it. It's, you know, it's the so sad weird. Thing, the sad thing is it really isn't even that easy, right? Like, that's a really hard thing. <laughs> what you're saying to do is, like, really hard. Yeah. It, it, like, this has been the way things have been forever. Not the exact same relationships, black, white, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, forever, people have looked at other people like... Fuck you guys. Like that like that has been going on forever. Like 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 it it is an easy thing to say, like don't be a dick, like like treat people like humans, but I think that's probably the hardest thing for a human being to do. Or for humans to do, not necessarily a human being. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's the hardest thing for humans to do, but not a, for a human being to do. And that's and why I, I was just going to say and that's why Jesus died died for our yeah man it's a sunday saying i mean no, but but it's, for real it's tough man he said love love your neighbor as yourself and people say yo put that dude on a cross yeah 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 <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> like yeah. this dude's crazy That's, yeah <laughs> it's just like what are we doing like, he can't we can't with this no sir. <laughs> Sir, uh, what Sir, are you doing? No. He said, love, love your enemy. They said, what? okay, we go, we what? go kill this. We go what? kill this nigga. What? You about to love your enemy? He owe me $20 still. <laughs> oh, man. All right. that That's my America. It's like, it's not even a real thing. It's just, I'm, yes, James, you're right. It is very hard. It's just, it's just so confusing because it's like, man, we could, we could change it. We could, you, we could make sure that things don't get passed. Like, we like, if you want to make the world a better place, don't you do this. Are you about to look at yourself? <laughs> okay. And make that change. change. Uh, I'm so mad. <laughs> when you say Michael Jackson, you got to you got to you gotta, you jump gotta in. start with that man in the mirror. Yeah, I hate you. Okay. What is the end? How do we end this thing? Uh, um, I'm actually, I'm not going to do anything cool. uh, either. Cool. Um, I'm not going to do the thing that I normally do right now. Cool. That um, works. Can I just say, though, quickly Wait. that Jennifer Connelly was in the Hulk movie. That's and true. And I really wanted to make a connection between Hulk and Hancock, but that just felt... I'm just gonna tell you guys what I was thinking about doing. Wait, 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 wait. Instead of actually doing it, I'm just gonna tell you what I was thinking. Feels like you're doing it, but okay. 
So yeah, I uh, really. <laughs> if you start I'm saying it, that means you. But you're saying I'm it. not gonna do it, but I'm just saying the thing that was in my mind was that, like, that was the heaviest part of it was that. All right, or like a uh, like a Will Smith was supposed to be in the Matrix thing, and Lawrence Fishburne is sort of Morpheus again, but like the real life Morpheus in this. Okay, anyway, I'm not gonna do it, but that was. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. All right, but thanks. That was whatever. Uh, I'm not gonna do it. So. It's time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much we like them or how well we think they were created in a critical sense, but if they helped the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. If we think that that this film helped the cause fully, we give it a black fist. If we think it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we think it didn't really help the cause at all, we don't give it <laughs> nothing. Oh, On the count of three. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing. We're going to raise up our ratings for the film Higher Learning. One? No. Two? Three. Oh, fuck. What'd you do? I did a white pot. I did too. James, what did you do? I did a fist. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we yeah. I, I, I guess we I did a palm. I, I don't know if I should have. We got two it. white palms, two white yeah. palms and a fist? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I should have given it a palm, but the reason I did, I guess, was one, because Jennifer Connelly's name was the first one. Yeah, right. <laughs> in the title. And I was like, yo, she, she ain't the main character of this movie at all. How you gonna put her name first? I was mad at that. Um, also, I don't think this film did very well. It did not. John Singleton has done good films, but I also feel like he could have been even bigger but anyway whatever um uh, i mean you know omar epps was kind of on the i mean this was the tyra banks's first film so yeah it true. definitely helped but what's up with omar man i i listen i, I understand omar is a working actor I, to, mm -hmm. I totally totally do yeah but to be a young guy who was in so many movies and gave performances that people talked about so often like i was just shocked that like again i know we ended up with will smith which is great but like how come there were just not more Right. You know, like, I, I, I get the Will Smith say today, and I get, yeah. if you had a prestigious film, you had Denzel, but where was everyone in between? Like, Sam Jackson technically wasn't popping until, like, the late 90s, until, right. like, he did Pulp Fiction, but then he wasn't, like, killing it after that. Like, sorry, yeah. you go ahead. Sorry. No, it's true. I, I just, it was, like, one of those things where I don't know if this film made enough of an impact to really help the cause. That being said, it did help certain individual actors, so that's why I gave it a palm. Uh, true. I'll go next. Um, I gave it a palm. Kind of the same thing. as like it didn't do that well. Um, again, I liked it because of the, 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 the content, but I, I do feel kind of weird about how things have played out from um, Omar Apps. Uh, I think the topic's great. I do think, like, yeah, like you guys said, storytelling was a little off every now and then, but I, but I, really, I, I found this movie very, 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 very topical and important even to the day so i wanted to give it that and i'm happy john singleton was able to make this movie um because he probably they probably wanted him to do a bunch of other things but i'm happy he was able to make it so i you know i'm very appreciative of that but it's just crazy um so yeah 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 i mean i gave it a fist because um like omar epps needs to be a leading actor and stuff and and you know i think a movie with him in the lead like is gonna get a fist from me anyway um 
I and Tyra Banks I thought was great and it's directed by a black dude. Did he write it too, or did somebody else write it? I don't. Uh, know. Someone else. Someone else. Right someone up. else wrote it. But um, you know, just sort of, I feel like that needs to happen. Also, particularly since Omar Epps was such a big influence on me, it's like that's the cause. The cause is like leading black actors in movies that inspire other people to to do more stuff. From you know, um, I thought that was great. Uh, and also just a couple of things that I haven't said about the movie yet that I also thought were just like really great directing wise. Like I love that Michael Rappaport is yelling about him being on top while there's a George Washington picture behind him. Like that was so cool. Um, uh, and I just thought other things about the directing were just really um, strong. So, yeah. And also like that we were talking about how like it, re- it, like relates to things today and like that's sort of like crazy didn't michael rapaport basically become this guy in real life like he's no not he, a, he's, a, he, he's 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 not a white supremacist but he's like <laughs> it, he he nowadays I know, right? he, I th- <laughs> he's the exact opposite now so now he's like over the top like pro black people so like he's, he's like far, he's too far left. He is extreme. Doesn't, like doesn't he get doesn't he get dragged for stuff on Twitter? But because yeah, because he just does too much. Like he, <laughs> he, he like he he is an ally, but he's like an uber ally. It's all it's almost so like that's the cause. You know what I mean? That's the cause. Like we got an uber ally out of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean like he yeah. It, uh, now I'm thinking about he might be trying to compensate for the fact that he did this role, and right. he's like I got to prove that I'm like n- nothing like this guy. Right. Uh, well, I'm sorry to put you all through that, but hey, we did learn something and talk about you some know, good stuff today. That's true. And uh, okay, so plugs. <laughs> you can follow us at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmenpodcast.com is our website. Uh, you can follow me at John Braylock, J-O-N-B-R-A-Y-L-O-C-K uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. James. You can follow me at James Third Comedy, James Third Comedy dot com. Third is three R D. Let me stop pretending like I ain't got Twitter and I don't talk to people on Twitter. Hit me on Twitter at Gerard Milligan. Let's chat. Blah 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 blah. Bing about a boom. Talk about you know sunshine. Bing about a boom. <laughs> Bing about a boom. Sorry, I've been watching um The Godfather two recently and it's just messed up my whole my whole head. <laughs> my whole way of life is just now tainted. Uh, you can also rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, please, if you give us a five-star review, we will read your review on the air. Uh, also, Astronomy Club has a show uh, every second Monday of uh, the month at UCB East Village, if you're in New York City, called Astronomy Club. Let's talk about race, baby. Uh, so, oh, I think this one just passed, but next month, you know. All right, now I'm going to read some reviews. You guys ready for some five-star reviews? We have so many now. Thank you. Oh, guys. yeah, lit. Lit. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm pulling up some of the fresh new ones. Again, I never really know which ones are the news, but uh, here is one that definitely is new. This is five stars from a Shirika. All right, Shirika. Uh, Jay Sway. Uh, great podcast. Can't say enough about Jonathan Braylock, Gerard Milligan, and. In deep, low voice. I hate this. James the Third. Thought, <laughs> thought-provoking, Thank entertaining, and good movie taste. What else can I say? A must-listen for all movie lovers and deep thinkers. Shout out my YouTube question mark. Sure, YouTube 
Wait, is it? What is this? Uh, Joe <laughs> Josu 2451. J-O-S-U-E-2451. Keep up the energy and good work. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this one is called, this is by Dice Dicer, D-I-E-C-E-R, Official Hancock Avengers Podcast. I hate this. Why would you, why, who's, 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 who is this? Dicer. You know what? I don't like your encouraging this. Funny, insightful, and real takes on movies makes this a good podcast. The relationship between all the hosts and the guest hosts makes this a great podcast. It's probably the best podcast to help prepare you for the forthcoming Hancock Avengers movie franchise. Also, shout out for the great audio production. It's a very well-produced show. Oh, you hear that, Producer Nick? Yeah! Get that shout out! Producer Nick! I know! Uh, And then this one is by... I don't think I read this one. Uh, Gato Gato Gordell. <laughs> I got it. I I jumped on this podcast with the Black Panther episode because this white man wanted a different perspective. Oh, right. Respect. Oh, right. I, I got hooked and have downloaded and listened to about 30 additional episodes, all of which are great. Oh, the yeah. The film rating system is provocative, and I started playing along at home. I rate the film reviewed before listening and see how vastly these three provocative, intelligent, insight, and insightful men influence my views. They change greatly. Overall, a wonderful podcast that I recommend to everyone and rated five stars and a white fist <laughs> race in a tribute. <laughs> Love it. Um, uh, all right. Thank you guys so much. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, Next week, what are we doing? Wait, wait. When does... Uh, do we have to do... Okay, can I... I'm going to say... I'm going to ask you all this. We're on air, so I have witnesses or listeners. Uh, I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay. He's the, he's the number one I movie. love him. But do world. we? But but some of these movies, right? Do we got producer Nick? Like, come on, y'all. Do we have to do all these? Like, do we have to review this new one? Like, for real, Rampage. I mean, Wait, it does come out. You don't. Week. You don't want to watch Rampage, Jarrah? I mean, I mean, like, I I love the Rock. Y'all know that. I was a Brahma yeah, Bull fan back in the day. The all right, but do so we then, got, but do, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, John. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's a f- what you got against. We just did Pacific Rim two. What There's you got flying, against Rampage? A flying giant wolf in this. I'm just saying, some of these movies, like when I'm looking at these Slater Rock movies, I'm like, bruh, you putting me, you putting my love, and you through the test. Like this, like, like you want to <laughs> watch a movie based out of off a video game in which the only exercise is to destroy buildings. Bruh, I saw I saw one of the trailers, <laughs> and it was Lily the Rock with a big gun, and then a giant white monkey, and then it was like. Both of them he took says, a you ready, deep buddy? breath. Yes, and took a deep breath, and both got ready for war together. I was like, I can't. I can't. That's my friend. I can't do this, man. Yeah, what? I think it comes out soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? How did this seems like this would be right up your alley of things to? Uh, to I know. Watch, I know. Rampage. I know. The Rock is based off of a. Uh, it's based off of a video, James, retro I know. video game. At that. It's got a. What? J- James, I know. I feel like I keep going back to my favorite restaurant it's and got, getting my favorite meal, and they keep forgetting one of the special seasonings to it and you're like it's off you keep making the meal off it, but it's like you wait, know it's got negan in it though from the walking dead i can't I, that's not yo, enough. yo it's not jeffrey enough. d morgan is in it it's not I enough i didn't even know that it's all not right enough. well i'm not, seeing it i'm gonna see it 15 times all right next week rampage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week peace That was a HeadGum Podcast.